welcome to another episode of The Central Word, a podcast ministry of Central Baptist Church, Texarkana, Arkansas. Today's episode is from the morning message of Sunday, November 5th, and is preached by our pastor, Brother Mike Sylvie. Our desire is that this message builds you up in your faith as you walk daily with Christ. Here now is Brother Mike preaching from Deuteronomy 5.20, a message titled, The Ten Commandments, An Invitation to Honesty. Ten Commandments series. We come to the Ninth Commandment, Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20, which is, You shall not lie. You shall not bear false witness. And it's an invitation to God's honesty. The Lord introduced these commandments by saying, I am the Lord your God. Now here's what I'm about. Here's how I think. Here's how I act. Here's how I believe. And God is all about honesty. The Bible says God cannot lie. God cannot act contrary to his nature, and his nature is truth. And so God is inviting us through his grace, because we break all these commandments. Uh, He's inviting us to come to him through his son, who has kept all of his commandments. And as we receive Christ, God's son, then we are able to live a righteous life. We'll not be perfect, but we can live a righteous life as he enables us, and we can tell the truth. Do you tell the truth? Surveys suggest that a lot of us don't. When I say us, I mean Americans. The surveys show that between 65% and 91% of Americans say they lie on a regular basis. Up to 91% say they lie on a regular basis. 70% of teens say they lie and cheat in schoolwork. Now, none of our teens do this, but a lot of kids out there have trouble with this, which have trouble with honesty. The stats also show that men lie more than the women. So those good-for-nothing men, we knew they weren't telling us the truth. You see what lying does? Lying undermines the fabric of our society. When I told you that last stat, stat, some of you began to get real ugly thoughts toward the men in the room. (laughs) And so that's what a lie does. A lie causes us to not trust anyone or anything. Especially if someone that we really trust has lied to us. Telling lies casts doubt that the truth really exists at all. Telling lies causes us to uh, doubt that there's even a, a God of truth who wants to know us and to have a relationship with us through his son. So telling a lie does a lot of damage. But the testimony of telling the truth does a whole lot of good. If you tell the truth, what it testifies is that there is truth, there is a God of truth, and he does want to know you through his son, and as you come to know him through his son, you can have a stable and a good and honest, enduring relationship with people around you in your life. So telling the truth says a whole lot. So I want to talk to you this morning about the testimony of telling 
the truth. And we'll look at several different scriptures, but uh, it's all founded upon Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 20, and the Lord's commandment uh, to not bear false witness or to not lie. Number one, and looks like we don't have our notes up on the screen. Corey killed even more than the music, maybe. <laughs> That's why he was still walk, walking around. <laughs> um, but they're printed in your bulletin. If you have a handout, they're on the back of your bulletin. I have the notes here, and there's some blanks to, to fill in there. And so, first, there is a priority communicated with telling the truth. And it is, the number one, the priority that there is truth in God's word. Word goes in that first blank. Here's some other scriptures that talk about telling the truth. Leviticus 19, 12. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. You shall not swear by my name falsely. I am the Lord. You shall not cheat. God's word presents truth. And when we tell the truth, we're saying, hey, there is something such as truth. And you'll find it in God's word. The reason why I'm telling the truth is because God's word says that I am to tell the truth. Also, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 23, 23, that which has gone from your lips, you shall keep and perform. There was a day in which a man's word was his bond. It's not as much that way today, but it should be. In God's word, it says, if you speak it, then you keep it. Your word is your bond. And then in Proverbs chapter 6, God gives a list of seven things that are abomination to him. And notice as I read this list, how many times lying makes the list. More than once. These six things the Lord hates, yes, seven are abomination to him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and run into evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among the brethren. And many times sowing discord among the brethren comes through the vehicle of a lie. And so a lie is well represented here in this list of things the Lord says I hate. He hates it because of what it does to us and what it does to society. And he says I don't want my people to have anything to do with this. I want you to tell the truth and keep my commandment. It's a priority in God's word. But it's also a priority in God's world. This is the way he wants us to live. This is the way he wants societies to function. This is the way he wants homes to operate. That we have complete and total honesty with one another and we tell the truth. Now that doesn't mean that you open your mouth and, and blabber about everything all the time. Telling the truth means that sometimes you know what to hold back and when's the proper time. And you have to have wisdom. The Lord shows us that. In the scriptures we're going to look at this morning. But we must be honest. And we must not think that it's better to hold back and to say something other than what is the truth. Jesus repeats this commandment in the New Testament. And he does so in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5. In verses 33 through 37 is his commentary on this ninth commandment. And here he says, again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, 
for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king, nor shall you swear by your head, because you cannot make one hair white or black. But let, it, let your yes be yes, and your no, no, for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So the Lord says there, we need to tell the truth, and we don't need to do what we did as kids, where you make a statement, and it's only true if you say, I swear. You add those words, I swear. Do you swear? Do you swear that it's true? You know, we pin them down, and only if we got that out of them, we knew we could really count on what they're saying. The Lord says, don't do that. In personal conversations, don't play quick and fast with the truth is what he's teaching us here in personal context. Now, what he's not saying is uh, in official oaths before a court of law or in an official ceremony in a church or in other situations in a courtroom where you're, you're asked to raise a hand or you're asked to give a solemn promise and to say, I promise, I swear, or I'm, I'm telling the truth. He is not talking about that official statement because the Bible actually states very clearly that to take an oath in court to tell the truth is, um, is fine, that the scripture says that is allowable. And, and you can put this scripture in your, your notes. You want to look this up later. Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 20. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. So the Lord Jesus Christ himself, when he was asked in court to say who he was by an oath, an official statement, he answered it. There was a lot of questions he didn't answer, but there was a time in which he did answer when he was asked, are you the son of the living God? And he said, yes, it is as you say. So the Lord took that oath. There's nothing wrong with that. But what he's talking about here in Matthew chapter 5 is in personal conversations of life when you may cut corners and you may say the truth or you may not say the truth. And the way you know the difference is you put the little qualifying phrase on it. I swear or I swear on uh, whatever you want to say. You name something that's special to you and you tag it with these other words. Jesus says don't do that. Just let your yes be yes. And your no be no. And when they hear that, they know they're hearing the truth. But here's the trouble that we have. Because in life, we don't want to hurt feelings. And all the time, we're confronted with this dilemma. Do we tell the truth in this situation and hurt somebody's feelings? Or do we tell a little white lie? Just not to hurt feelings. And then we're breaking the commandment. And then we're in trouble with God. And, you know, how do we deal with this? And, and so... I think we need to tell the truth, but again, telling the truth biblically and wisely doesn't mean that you tell everything you know all the time. In your notes, I've got three practical ways to know what to say when it's hard to tell someone the truth. And here's the three words of advice I would give. Number one, reframe the truth. If the truth is hard to hear, hard to say, reframe the truth. In other words, say it in a different way so that you communicate love and support to the other person because that's really what you're trying to avoid when you were telling these little white lies. 
We're trying not to hurt someone's feelings, right? And, and so we can tell the truth many times by just changing the way that we say it, but the way we say it is communicating very clearly our support and our love to the other person. For example, your wife comes home from a beauty shop and she says, and this is purely hypothetical, purely hypothetical, and she says, do you like my haircut? <clears throat> and you got to answer that. And so what do you say? And, and so, <laughs> so to reframe the truth would be to say instead of yes or no, one of the, either one of those might can get you in trouble, um, you could say something like, well, it's not my style, but it looks good on you, and so I like it. Or you could say, well, it's not your best haircut. I'm sure it'll grow out quick, you know. And, and so you can reframe the sentence sometimes to let them know, hey, you really care about them, but you're not just out going to lie to them. Here's another question that comes up. Do you like my dress? And so, guys, there's no good answer to that question, is it? You know, yes or no, can get you trouble either way. And so um, you could say something like, well, I love how it complements your eyes. You know, reframing the truth. Those are just, you know, funny examples uh, that really, I think, can guide us and help us when we're really dealing with somebody else and we don't know how to talk to them about this truthful matter. Pray and ask the Lord to help you reframe it so that you're communicating love and support, but you're not just telling lies, okay? Reframe the truth. Secondly, I would say, don't tell everything that you know. And Jesus practiced this. In John 16, 12, he told the disciples that there were still many things that he wanted to say to them, but he says, you cannot bear them now. And so sometimes we just have to tell people in a loving way, I can't talk to you about this now, but later when it's the right time, then I'll give you an answer. Holy silence sometimes is appropriate. And maybe we're not ready to get into it or maybe they're not ready to hear it, but sometimes we just need to not tell everything that we know but hold off to the right time and then finally when the time does come to speak the bible counsels us in ephesians 4 15 to speak the truth in love make sure you saturate the thing in love make sure you, that love leads in the communication because love covers a multitude of sins and if what you have to say is going to hurt you lead with love then they're more receptive to it speak the truth in love and then simply trust the Lord to take care of the situation. Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord and then understanding will follow. And so you trust in him and you trust that he'll give understanding to the person that you're speaking to. And he'll give you understanding to, to say it the way you need to say it. But either way, we don't just need to give up on the truth. The truth's too important. And we don't need to get into this, this cycle where we're just telling white lies all the time. I mean, it wears us out. And it gets you in big trouble eventually. So tell the truth and do it with God's wisdom and his direction. And he'll help us to, to stay true to him. A great uh, Bible commentator and preacher and teacher of God's word was William Barclay. 
he has a series of commentaries on the, the New Testament that's really good. And here's what he said about <clears throat> telling the truth. He said, here's a great eternal truth. Life cannot be divided into compartments in, in some of which God is involved and in others of which he is not involved. There cannot be one kind of language in the church and another kind of language in the shipyard or the factory or the, the office. There cannot be one kind of standard of conduct in the church and another kind of standard in the business world. The fact is that God does not need to be invited into certain departments of life and kept out of others. He's everywhere, all through life and every activity of life. He hears not only the words which are spoken in his name, he hears all words. And there cannot be any such thing as a form of words which evades bringing God into the transaction. We will regard all promises as sacred if we remember that all promises or all speech is made in the presence of God. We need to tell the truth all the time through God's wisdom. Mark Twain said, always tell the truth. That way you don't have to remember what you said. And so it gets you out of a lot of trouble to continue to stay with the truth. And so this is the, the priority that we communicate. In easy times and bad times that we tell the truth, we're, we're stating the the conviction that God's word is truth and God's word is what leads us. And out in God's world, he wants it to be a world of truth. But then on the other hand, when we don't tell the truth, we tell a lie, the Bible tells us that there is a profanity expressed when telling a lie. And it's a profanity in three different ways. Number one, Leviticus 19.12 says that lying profanes God's name. Again, the Bible says there that, um, that if we lie to one another and we swear falsely, then we profane the name of the Lord. The world looks at God by looking at you and me as his followers. And they will determine what kind of God he is many times based upon how we represent him, how we carry ourselves, how we talk, how we tell the truth. And so many out in the world today don't believe there is any such thing as absolute truth. It's amazing. The surveys that are taken, the majority of Americans today say, when asked, that is there such a thing as an absolute truth, they will say, no, or I don't think so. And where are they forming that opinion? They're forming that opinion by how they see God's representatives carry themselves and act. And so it profanes God's name. It carries a blemish on his character that we create as we don't tell the truth. Secondly, it lying profanes others. John chapter 8 is where Jesus talks about the devil being the original liar and there he says that the devil told a lie in the beginning he says the devil in the beginning is a murderer and he used a lie to kill 
Verse 44 says, You are of your father the devil, and the desires of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. So how did Satan become the first murderer? As I said before, he didn't stick a pitchfork in someone's back. What he did was he came with a smooth, deceptive lie. And from his mouth he shot words into the hearts of other people that hurt them and plunged the whole human race into depravity. And we've been suffering ever since. And Satan did that because he's an evil person. Only an evil person takes the vulnerable and defenseless and innocent and hurts them to get at someone else. That's what the terrorists are doing over the Middle East right now. This is why we need to stand with Israel. That's why we need to, to pray for God's people is because even though that's a very complicated situation, they were attacked by terrorists who simply went and murdered women, children, and, and babies just to get at the Israeli government and their movement. And that's what evil does. And this is what Satan did in the very beginning. And when we tell a lie and speak the devil's language, it always will hurt someone else. A lie always hurts others. That's the nature of it. And then thirdly, C under second point is that profanes you. It will hurt you. James chapter 5 verse 12 says that we will come under judgment from the Lord as we tell lies. James chapter 5 verse 12, but, of all, but above all my brethren, he says, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or with any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no, no lest you fall into judgment. The Bible says the Lord hears and will bring into judgment, will make accountable every idle word that we speak, every single word that we speak that comes out of our mouth. Whether it's truthful or not, it will be held to account one day. And so we need to tell the truth. I'll close with this story. In honor of our hunters who are out in the fields and the woods at this time of the year doing their thing, a couple of hunters chartered a plane to fly up into Canada to hunt in the wilderness there for a week. And a week later, uh, the pilot came back to, to pick them up, and he saw two animals, two moose that they had bagged, and he said, wait a minute, guys, I told you when I dropped you off, this plane could only hold you two and one moose. And so that's all you can bring back. And these two hunters said, um, but we did it last year in a plane this size, and the other pilot let us take two moose. So the pilot said, okay, well, if you did it last year, I guess it would be all right. So they loaded the two moose and the two hunters on, and they took off. But because of the heavy weight, they could not navigate over an approaching hill, and they crashed. 
Everybody was okay, except the moose. Everybody climbed out, and um, Pilate said, I thought you said that uh, you made it okay last year. And uh, he said, no. He said, but you made it farther than the pilot did last year. <laughs> you see, what'd they do? They, they didn't tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. They cut corners. They didn't tell what they should have told. As a result, some people got hurt. There was a crash. And you may be here today and you're kind of like that. You've been hurt by lies. You've been told things in your life that hadn't turned out to be true. Could have happened in a church. Could have happened in a family. As a result. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Central Word. Our prayer is that this message will encourage you in your walk with Christ as we dive into God's Word each and every week. Thanks again for joining us, and may God bless you in the week to come.